Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Train, Eat, Repeat, episode 89. 89. Getting Hi, everyone. Close. It's Andrea. Getting close to 100. 89. Guys, can you believe 89 episodes of amazing information? 89 episodes of me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, just kidding. Um, not yeah, that not vain, I promise. <laughs> and not 89 of Andrew. More like maybe like 49 of you or something like that. I forget how many episodes in we were um, until you decided to join the fold. It's but, all about you, though. Well, I mean, clearly. It is, right? of course. Yeah. No, it's about you guys and ensuring that you're getting all the information around health and wellness uh, that you guys can utilize readily in your life. I think you guys are going to get a kick out of this episode because it's a method of training that I, I, I will almost guarantee that the majority of you do not use. And if you are using it, you're not using it frequently enough to see the benefits. Um, and it's a method of training that we just added back into our training pretty regularly um, and have already noticed the difference. We were actually feeling it uh, after the workout, the few days after our workout, you know, the, the whole delayed onset muscle soreness thing. Oh, that yeah, was us. That, that kicked our butt. So guys, we're, we're following a program. We typically lift three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we started a new program and Tyler created it. And he said, we're going to add a unilateral day in. I'm yeah, like, so well, why do we need to do a unilateral day? And and he looked at me like like I had asked him, you know, is the sky blue? And he was like, duh. If the moon were made of cheese, would you eat it? <laughs> like, of course you would. Probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so what is unilateral training? Simply put, unilateral training just means you're using one arm, one leg, one section of your body versus using both. So like a good example would be, you know, in a deadlift, you're using both legs on the floor. In a single leg RDL, you're balancing on one leg, hinging at the hips. And yes, you're still loading through majority of the same muscles, but now our core is challenged. Our balance is challenged. Our proprioception to the floor, so our ability to feel the floor with our feet, that all changes the complexity of that movement and has varying uh, side benefits, if you will, not side effects, but side benefits um, that you can take advantage of. For sure. So if you think about it, a lot of our workout routines are all bilateral movements, um, barbell squats, deadlifts, presses, rows, even snatches and cleans. So when you add in a unilateral movement into it, like you said, you're not only challenging your balance, but you're also challenging those small muscle groups, too, that you don't fire when you have both feet planted on the floor or both hands on the barbell. Mm -hmm. So, like, think about it this way. Like, in that same example of a single leg RDL, smaller muscle groups that could be firing, you have small muscles in your feet, in your, your ankles, in your toes mm -hmm. that all of a sudden now have to kick on in order for you to be able to balance. Your hips, your core. Right. And if you think about it, when we move through our, our daily lives – we constantly work unilaterally, right? If we lift something overhead, we don't always lift with both hands. We might reach up for a cabinet to grab something down. That's a, that's a unilateral movement. Or let's say like um, you need to bend down to grab something in a tight spot. You may have to balance on one leg while coming down into that sort of single leg fashion, right? Or anytime you pick something up like a suitcase off the ground, suitcase is on one side, right? So I'm unilaterally picking that weight up from the floor. So we're not just talking about benefits in terms of better aesthetics, better strength, um, you know, better coordination. 
we're talking about like this is going to help you in your daily life. Functional. Functional, very mm-hmm. functional training. We do a little bit of that in Pilates as well, especially when your feet are in the straps. We have to work both legs separately, but in unison. So it, fo- it focuses you to really look at what imbalances you have and to correct those imbalances as well. And I think and what Pilates teaches better than anything, better than any discipline that I've found, is body awareness. Your ability to move your body through space and say, okay, I need you to move this limb and under control and utilizing not just that actual appendage, that limb, but actually using your core musculature to move it through space with control, with confidence, and otherwise using those muscles. Like that's one of the first things that goes, right? If you don't use something or if you're, you're constantly used to doing the same thing over and over and over again, you're creating, creating some of those imbalances mm-hmm. without you even really knowing it, which is actually one of the seven reasons you should put unilateral training into uh, your routine. So we're going to run you guys through the seven major reasons, and I'm sure there are more, um, of why you need to add in some unilateral training. So what's number one? Uh, number one is to correct imbalances. So muscular movement imbalances can be systemically de- uh, detrimental if not addressed. By solely performing bilateral lifts like squats and deadlifts, many of the imbalances go unnoticed. So you really don't understand uh, unless you're being able, unless you're able to squat in front of a mirror, but you might see that one knee might turn in, you might lift one hip before the other hip goes, and those are very slight imbalances that you might not look at while you're training, but a trainer might notice those things. Mm-hmm. But those are different. Those imbalances get created over time, and using unilateral training can help uh, undo those balance and correct those balance imbalances. And again, those imbalances, while the the first part is recognizing them, right? You may not recognize them and you may not feel them because you don't know what you don't know. And so, yes, at the outset, it may not seem like such a big deal that you have like a knee cave in here or a hip shift there. But more times than not, when we meet with clients and we're doing their movement assessment and they're taking us through like their their health history question and they're like, I constantly have lower back pain. Knee pain. That typically Mm -hmm. is a sign that something along that kinetic chain Uh from your head all the way to your toes is not moving properly or is not firing properly. And the reason why is that a muscle imbalance has occurred. It could be a weakness. It could be a weakness. It could be tightness. It could be a lack of mobility. And typically it's because of the lifestyle that we live. It's the way we continuously exercise. I see a lot of it in runners, Mm -hmm. right? And, And triathletes, like people that live and breathe a sport, but they do nothing else outside of that sport. So then your body will be conditioned or formed to do really well in every single one of those sports. As soon as I ask you to do anything different, it becomes much, much harder. It's funny you mentioned that because I was just, my youngest is having some knee issues and I took him into the physical therapy and I was talking to the physical therapist and she goes, we're seeing a lot of kids, a lot of dancers, a lot of gymnasts that are having hip problems now because they're constantly doing the same thing over and over that Mm -hmm. repetitive motion. And so the benefit of, of correcting these imbalances with unilateral training is that it's going to force you to work in different planes of motion. Unilateral training doesn't just mean I'm using one side, but also means moving in different directions. So think about our example of like a a traditional squat. If you were to do a side lunge, right, or a split squat, now I'm being challenged in my core. I'm being challenged in my footing, being challenged everywhere, but in a different plane of motion, in a different way of moving so that 
I don't have those imbalances. Now, am I saying if you just do a couple of unilateral exercises, like all your imbalances are fixed? Obviously not. There's more to it than that, but it is something that you could easily add in to correct some of these imbalances. And more times than not, people aren't going to do it because it is extremely challenging. And that's where I would say having a coach walk you through how to do proper unilateral training um, is one of the best investments that you have. Well, it's not the sexy exercises either. It's not the barbell squats or the deadlifts, but we did lateral lunges and we both woke up the next day and we're like, oh. And the glutes were sore. We did single leg RDLs. (laughs) Yeah. Like we did a lot of unilateral different planes of motion. And the reason why we were sore, we, we, we talk about soreness all the time and how that's not the main goal of exercise, but we were sore because we had targeted or hit a muscle group that we typically don't with our other bilateral exercises. I mean, we squat every week, we deadlift every week, we pull and press every week, but when we do it in a different plane or with one side, you're constantly forced to work muscles that you otherwise wouldn't. For sure. So then number two, and we've sort of alluded to this, it was Mm -hmm. a good transition, core stabilization. People think I got to work my core means I got to do a bunch of sit-ups and or V-ups or side V-ups or planks. Every single time that you single out one side of your body, you are challenging your core. Even bilateral training, you challenge your mm-hmm. core as well. It's just doing when you're when you're doing your unilateral, you're really focusing on that core. And it's not an ab crunch. No. It's not a decline sit-up. And it's actually more beneficial because... The idea of working your core when moving weight bilaterally or unilaterally is stabilization. Your core is your belt for your spine, right? We want to resist movement. So yes, it it is very flexible, right? That means we can do back bends and we can bend forward. It's designed that way. But in life, I don't want my lower back to be helping out if I'm bending down to pick up something off the ground. That's when your lower right? back starts to hurt. Right. I don't want to have to arch through my lower back when I'm reaching my arm overhead to put a suitcase overhead in the overset size bin. But more infrequently than not, that is what ends up happening. That's where that compensation comes in, right? The compensating for a lack of mobility, a lack of core strength to put that overhead. So when I have a single dumbbell and I'm pressing overhead, my core wants to help with that movement or my back wants to help with that movement. So by tightening and making sure I'm in correct position and it's firing more Mm -hmm. because I'm imbalanced, now all of a sudden I'm getting the benefit of core work right? Not non-traditional core work, working unilaterally. Mm -hmm. The other thing too, is that that core stabilization helps with balance. Balance doesn't just come down to your footing, right? Yes, that's part of it, but it's also a huge part in terms of your core controlling your balance. Well, you think about it, if you're falling forward, it's your core that stops Mm -hmm. you from going forward to create that balance to push your foot down and put the other one down. Right. I I use this example all the time. If you're driving in a car going 70 miles an hour and you stop, when you're in that car in that seat, you are going 70 miles an hour. So what stops you, you have a gut reaction to tighten, right? It's an isometric contraction. You're not force you're not crunching through you're your waist for the punch. you're preparing for the punch right it's that same feeling but when you start to single things out the core gets worked immensely 
What about number three? Boost your sports and performance. So a lot of all of uh, a lot of athletic movements are done unilaterally. You think about running on the track or playing basketball, playing baseball or football. All of these movements are typically done unilaterally. You're pushing off with one foot. You're reaching for your arm to catch a pass, whatever it might be. But those are all done unilaterally. And that goes back to what I had said before that we're seeing a lot of repetitive movements because they're not doing, they're not correcting those imbalances by using those different muscle groups, by using their core a little bit more. They're overusing their their muscle groups, and so they're not creating that strength in those other areas. And one of the best examples, um, majority of the people that listen to this podcast aren't current athletes, right? Uh, maybe you were former, or well, maybe you still just love to enjoy yeah. your, your you life. You for a run, you're a marathoner, right. whatever, yeah. So in one example, one of my clients is an avid skier. She loves to ski. Yeah. And she had knee surgery. She also had uh, a fusion in her lumbar spine. Um, and so what that created, obviously, was a little bit of a compensation or deficiency, right? Uh, weakness, atrophy in the injured legs, um, in the muscles surrounding the hips. And one of the things that got her back on the slopes this year and really helped her was working unilaterally, getting into a Bulgarian split squat, doing uh, single leg uh, box step downs. All of those things were able to build up the muscular and the muscle and also the control of that muscle on that injured side to equal that side that was already strong. It probably gave her the confidence that she can use that. That she could do it. She could balance Mm -hmm. on one leg if need be, even though on skis you're typically on both legs. But again, no situation is perfect. If she felt like she was going to fall, now she knows confidently she can balance on that leg. She'd even wear a brace, and she did that for the first couple years after her surgery, which is probably more of a placebo effect than it actually was helping. But the thing is, is like – You are an athlete if you enjoy going hiking, going running, going skiing. And so that's where another – you can get a huge performance boost by doing these unilateral exercises because, again, you're going to notice what imbalances you have. And then when you go to do a bilateral movement after doing those – those, you know, or go to do a bilateral movement after doing unilateral, you will notice a huge difference. And you'll you'll see competitive power lifters – they don't always just work on their powerlifting. So a powerlifting competition is deadlift, squat, and bench press. They're not always just working on those things. They're doing unilateral work. They're doing mobility work outside of that. And that's what helps them stay injury-free, which is the next one. Um, but also it helps them perform better. But I also agree in the sense that when you said you're more aware of what muscle groups you're firing when you're doing your unilateral training. So when you go back to your bilateral, you can remember that and try to fire those muscle groups that you mm-hmm. didn't feel before. Well, and if a muscle isn't firing and one of them is, that's also what creates an imbalance, right? right? That's how you can get back pain, knee pain, hip pain, is that one muscle isn't firing the way that it should. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about decreased injury risk because that was a good segue into it. So injuries are, like we've said before, the constant overuse, muscle imbalances, and poor movement. So a lot of times when you're working out, you're not watching all of the mechanics of your lift. If you're in the squat, like we said before, you're not watching to see if your knee is moving in or if your hips are lifting first or if your shoulders, if your chest is too forward or if it's sit back. You know, all these different movements that trainers and coaches tend to look for that we can correct with unilateral training. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest examples here 
another client seems like all my clients are just injured. I promise you they're not, but, uh, had a mountain bike accident, broke his collarbone pretty severely, obviously was out of commission for a long period of time, went to physical therapy, but you can imagine there's a, a good amount of scar tissue from the remodeling of that and healing of that injury. There's also atrophy. He also was already predisposed to have more of an anterior type posture where his shoulders are forward, right? And so that just made things even more complicated. I don't let him touch anything that's going to make him bilateral. What I mean by that is he does not touch a barbell for anything overhead, for anything pressing or anything pulling. Why? Because if I'm holding onto a barbell, one side is going to compensate and pull more than the other side. Absolutely. So every single time that we work on that injured area, we are working with a kettlebell, we are working with a dumbbell. So let's, an example, um, just today when I trained him at the recording of this podcast, we were doing upside down, Kettlebell upside down uh, presses, right? So it creates more stability because the weight is all up top. And so he was able to do 12 pounds with control on his good arm. When he got to the other arm, he couldn't do it. So rather than have him just gut through it, right, he went to 10 pounds on both arms, right? So that way, the strength of the good arm wouldn't always be better than the strength of the weaker arms. Right, you're not that we creating building, Right. We are working appropriately so that way we have balance once we get that stability and also strength in that injured shoulder. But there's also a neurological thing that goes on with that as well. With my client who has the brain injury, one side of her body is a lot more coordinated than the other side. And one side wants to overuse and and push through with power versus the other side. So like you, we don't put anything, we don't do a barbell. We always do like a, a dumbbell or a kettlebell because she needs to make sure that her mind is telling that muscle mm-hmm. to keep moving. And and that's that's a big part of it. The We talked about individuals where the issue maybe is not tightness, but the fact that they just can't fire that muscle. They haven't made that connection to that muscle in so long. We tend to see it a lot of times in glutes in mm-hmm. um, a lot of our clients, and that just is a byproduct of lifestyle, sitting too much um, and not utilizing them properly. Another interesting one, and I and not talked about all that much, is it does improve muscular stimulation. There's some EMG activity studies where basically because they're working unilaterally, and we talked about how you're working those small stabilizer muscles, you can actually promote better growth and strength gains by doing unilateral work, um, which makes sense, though. If, if you're more stable and you're working those small stabilizer muscles, and I just talked about how athletes utilize that to be able to lift more in competition, well, they're able to lift more because those smaller stabilizer muscles that otherwise wouldn't get used in a bilateral movement are now stronger. They're more stable. The more stable you are in a joint, uh, whether it be your shoulder, your knee, your hips, whatever it might be, the more strength and the more control you're going to have. Absolutely. I think you should talk about this next one because I think you got to live through it as well. Um, mm-hmm. It increases your injury. It increases the recovery time of an injury. Um, you Doing unilateral work will help you maintain the strength on one side that you might not be able to use, but it also help develop that other side as well. Yeah. I mean, research shows that, you know, it could be as little as two weeks to lose up to a third of your muscle strength just from doing nothing. And 
I had it firsthand when I broke my wrist last year and then subsequently had surgery a couple months later after that. So really I was out of commission for a good six months. I couldn't, I had a cast full cast on uh, or a half cast. And even then I, I still had to go to occupational therapy, but reading up, I knew about this was that working the other side or working what I could. So doing things like anything in my lower body, right? Mm -hmm. Wrist is out of commission, but squats and lunges and all those things, it sped up that recovery even more. And obviously we've talked about before being in shape uh, can reduce the risk of sickness. It can reduce the risk of death by, by accident, right? If you're in a car accident, you're in better shape. Uh, you have a, a better opportunity to live, but definitely noticed a difference that it didn't take necessarily as long to get back to it. Now I still have atrophy on that side and that side is still uh, catching up if you will, but that's where that unilateral training has become huge. And interesting enough, it actually, some of the studies have shown, like, let's say the injury was, uh, well, the injury was on my right wrist, working the muscles, like a, let's say a bicep curl to make things really simple on my left side, actually some of that strength can transfer over. So you can actually get that benefit from working that side. Now I didn't do it too much because you don't want to create like a huge imbalance between those two. Um, but there is some studies that show, um, and practical studies that show that that does work. Now we're at number seven and I feel like all of these mesh together so well Mm -hmm. and it's developing motor skills. And we've talked about this before that unilateral training, it's, it's a muscle pattern. It's a muscle movement and that your motor skill level affects nearly everything you do outside of the gym. It's a very functional movement. Like you said, you're reaching to put your luggage on the overhead bin above you and you're lifting up above your back, up above your head. Most of the time you want to round your back and lift with your back. But if you lift with your core and your legs, you're not going to create that imbalance. You're going to feel stronger. Even thing when you have to reach across your body to mm-hmm. grab something or, or tuck your kid into bed mm-hmm. and you have to go up up on one foot to sort of reach over the crib. I mean, there, the motor skills, if you don't use it, you will lose it. Absolutely. This is one of the truest statements there ever could be because I see so many individuals in their 60s that because they haven't been practicing these movements, it's very challenging for them. And it's not challenging because the weight is heavy. It's challenging because they haven't developed that connection to move in that space. That muscle pattern. So just to quickly run through the seven, it's correct imbalances, core stabilization, boost your sports performance, decrease injury risk, improve muscular stimulation, speed your incre- uh, speed injury recovery, Develop and, mo- and uh, develop your motor skills. So those are all seven that really um, stack on top of each other really well. Mm-hmm. And and so how can you work this into your programming? So you still want to keep the basics, uh, basic movement patterns there. So you should always have some type of hinge, some type of squat movement, some type of pull, and some type of press. Which you can always do unilaterally. Right. And, that, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. So like, keep those same those. movement patterns so in mind. For your, your squats, you can do split squats, single arm presses, single arm rows, uh, single RDLs. 
there's, I mean, it's limitless yeah. in what you can do. And if you guys need more ideas, um, I'm going to be doing a live video on Thursday inside of our private group, which is free, by the way. So if you find either of us on Facebook, we can get you guys in that group. But really explaining the benefits, which we already did in this podcast, but then also to how you can incorporate it into a program. Realistically, I, I think doing kind of what we're doing, you probably wouldn't need to do unilateral training any more than one day a week just to sort of brush up on it and ensure it stays in your uh, repertoire. Um, if you are dealing with an injury, it might be more prevalent. Like for instance, that gentleman and that, that woman I work with that had injuries that we're trying to recover from a lot of the work that we, I do with them is going to be unilateral, but it's for their benefit. And so that's really where we can give you the basic needs for the basic individual, but we know we're not all the same. So if you are someone who is struggling with an injury, this very well could be uh, one key to sort of getting back on track is adding in that unilateral training. Absolutely. And if you're going to do it, start slow. Yes. And start uh, light. Don't, don't, don't start heavy. It, one of the best things ever said by um, Dr. Aaron Horshig from Squat University, which if you don't follow him, I highly suggest you do. He was on the podcast about a year ago, is that your goal when you head into the gym should be to practice the movement. You're not there to push extra weight. You're not there to like get as strong as possible, but practice the movement, get really good at feeling the muscles where they should be felt and the the form looking a hundred percent. Even if you're not lifting heavy weight, you will feel a difference, right? 100%. Like you've felt it before on like a, we'll, t- we'll talk about a bilateral exercise, but a squat. Mm-hmm. If you had 50% of your heaviest weight you could lift, but you focused really hard on concentrating on your form, your depth, and maybe your tempo, you would be just as exhausted Mm -hmm. or get just as much benefit than somebody who's getting a ton ton of weight in the bar and their form is all compromised. So practice the movement, but especially if you're in a unilateral sense, because it is more challenging. Um, And that's a good thing because if you challenge your body outside of its comfort zone, like we have done the last few weeks, um, you will definitely notice a difference. Absolutely. Great. So guys, try out unilateral training. If you guys have questions at all, you can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, what are you waiting for? Please do. And share with a friend. Well, and you have 89 episodes, including this yeah, there's one. there's a lot to catch up. We're getting like a on. dump of snow. It's a perfect time to binge <laughs> the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> so go on to either wherever you uh, what, take, wherever you what? Wherever you listen to your podcasts, you don't watch podcasts, you listen to them. You don't want to watch us. You don't want to watch us right now. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, but yeah, subscribe, leave a review on Spotify share or on Apple and share with a friend. You guys enjoy your week and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.